Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engaged podcast. I'm your host, Bunny Pounds, the president of Christians Engaged. This ministry exists to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to do three things. To pray for our elected officials and our nation regularly. To vote in every election to impact our culture and to engage in some form of civic education or involvement for the well-being of our nation. So thankful, Bunny, for what you do. A lot of people talk the talk, but you really walk the walk. I love it, love it. Love teaming up with you, Bunny. So excited about what you're doing and the people you're reaching. And And I will stand and lock arms with this woman of God, Bunny Pounds, any day of the week. Bunny, you are a new hero of mine. America is worth it. Now is the time. America needs your involvement. Please take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. Join with a movement of other Christians that are doing these three simple things that can really impact this nation. Join us. Hey, everybody. We are talking about everything local this month. This is Bunny Pounds. I'm the president of Christians Engaged and your host of Conversations with Christians Engaged podcast. And I love that we're in the spring. It's so warm. (laughs) And, you know, all of the flowers are blooming and things are happening. And we are talking about getting ready for local elections. As we look at elections around the country, people have elections at different times. So you need to check your Secretary of State websites Check your county websites and get those on your calendar, guys. We're going to help you as much as we can. In Texas, for Texas folks, we have an election in May. And this is very, very important. You either have an election in May or in November based on what your county government decides to do. So to talk about everything local, and it's time for every Christian to get involved in local government, I've got new county judge Tim O'Hare from Tarrant County. Hey, Tim. Good to be here with you, Bunny. So excited about you um, and everything that God's done in your life and your family through all these years. You have been one, you know, we haven't known each other very, you know, really personally, but I've watched your reputation and watched everything you've done for years, starting out going uh, through the city council and then running for mayor and farmer's branch, you know, being a lawyer, dealing with everything you deal with in the law world. And then, um, you know, becoming the county chair of a political party in Tarrant County and then running for county judge. So what got you going as a man of faith and a deacon at your Baptist church to actually engage in city government? That sounds like a mudslinging profession. Yeah, you know what? So I went from lawyer to politician, one of the, the two most hated uh, professions <laughs> in America. So uh, although they do say judge is, is uh, highly regarded still by folks, which uh, that's a different story. You know what? When I was uh, when I was growing up, I grew up in Farmers Branch. That's where I was born and raised. I mean, I, I lived in a little nine hundred square foot house there. Uh, my mom and dad got divorced when I was really young, so my mom raised me and my brother, and uh, she just loved the city of Farmers Branch. And mm-hmm. she was uh, she paid attention to politics. She paid attention to national politics. She paid attention to local politics. I always knew who the mayor was. I mean, you know, that's unusual. Ninety percent of the people in a community couldn't name their mayor. Uh, I mean, most of the time, unless it's like a big city like Dallas, Fort Worth, and uh, that those numbers may have improved a little bit over the years. But I mean, for years, nobody could even say who it was. I always knew. Um, I, my first memory of anything political, I literally remember the day that Nixon got in the helicopter and uh, was, uh, you know, saying goodbye to the country when he was leaving uh, the White House. 
and that they broke into as the world turns and I was watching TV with my grandma. I mean, I just remember that stuff. So I've always kind of been drawn to it. But when it came to the city of Farmer's Branch, the city of Farmer's Branch was this just dynamic, wonderful, awesome place to live, raise a family, go to church, work. And in the 90s and the early 2000s, it kind of just fell off a cliff. Mm. Uh, Poor vision, poor leadership, uh, lack of code enforcement, uh, lack of paying attention to the details, and Farmer's Branch really started to suffer. So people were moving out left and right. We were essentially becoming Renthouse City. And this is a suburban of Dallas-Fort Worth for those people yeah. around the country. Yeah, b- borders Dallas, uh, but it, it was it was it had seen its better days. So I decided to run for city council. I was in my early 30s, and I just said, somebody's got to do something. So it wasn't I wasn't trying to forge a political career. This is county judge here in Tarrant County. He's the first paid political position I've ever had. I've always been, always been a private business guy. Right. And uh, But I got involved in Farmer's Branch, and it's a non-paid job to, to try to turn things around. And while I was there, I did three years on the council, three years as mayor, so six years total, all unpaid service. And while we were there, we did all sorts of things. We took Farmer's Branch from the literally dead last when it came to, pro- came to property value appreciation in Dallas County, 28 cities all within Dallas County. We were dead last on our property value appreciation over a 20-year period. We took it to fourth best wow. in six years. Uh, we had virtually no economic development to speak of when I got there. By the time I left, we had the third most economic development of any city in the Metroplex. And for uh, your viewers, just to put that in perspective, Farmer's Branch was a town of 28,000 people. Uh, Dallas had about a million. Fort Worth had probably 800,000. Arlington probably had 250, 300,000. So we finished third in the giant DFW Metroplex, even though our population was minuscule compared to all the people we were competing against. And the other thing we did was we took crime to a 10-year low, Mm. took the amount of money that we paid out of our operating budget towards debt to the lowest percentage literally in the history of the city since it was incorporated in something like 1850. I I forget the exact year. But we we literally reformed the government and we became responsive to the people. And uh, it's a real success story. And the average home in Farmer's Branch back then was about $125,000 a year. I just checked this with a friend that's still there. It's probably uh, double that. I think it's tripled. Tripled. Yeah. Wow. And uh, a lot of it's due to things we did and and just showcasing our community. It's a beautiful little place, lots of creeks, um, running through it, lots of parks, but it kind of been forgotten and kind of been neglected. And so so we turned it around. That uh, That's where I got started in politics. And uh, I've just always been a political creature. I always paid attention. <laughs> I always watched it. I was always interested. I'd give money to candidates. You know, I'd... I'd speak about it, but I never did it for a job. Well, number one, praise God for a good mom that actually paid attention to her community, right? And Mm -hmm. realized that we can't just hibernate in our homes Nope. um, and raised our kids to think accordingly. Um, But I I know your faith as a a Christian has played a lot of a part of your service and how you've lived your life. And you have, you know, young daughters too. Mm -hmm. So you're raising a family and doing all of this on the volunteer side. For years. Um, so you got involved with um, this whole thing in Southlake where we interviewed a few people, our new trustee up there, Andrew Yeager, mm-hmm. uh, who's now on the school board, was one of the ones that you guys all decided you're going to take on school boards. Uh, this yeah. is important for our community. This is important for our area um, and for our children, right? Our children, most importantly. 
And so we highlighted that as an example for America, Tim. But can you give us a little bit of version from your side of the story of how that happened? Sure. So in the summer of 2020, uh, South Lake Carroll ISD, and for those that don't aren't familiar with South Lake Carroll ISD, uh, it is one of the top one, two, three public school districts in the state of Texas. Every year for probably two decades or more, uh, it's always great in athletics, great in the fine arts, every measurable, it ranks always one, two, or three. Like we keep winning the athletic director's uh, cup every year for athletics, but it's not just athletics. It's it's the whole thing. And very affluent community. Very very affluent community. We're blessed to be able to live there. But it's a uh, what happened in the summer 2020, the school board put something on the agenda called um, the Cultural Competence Action Plan, CCAP is what we called it. And they put it you know, literally half of South Lake is on vacation in the summer, uh, right before school starts. They put this, gets released about 5 p.m., I think it was July 31st. Then it's on, it's going to be, stuff's going to be voted on on Monday, August 2nd, when everybody's out of town. Wow. There, there was no, here's what we're about to put out. This is what's coming. Uh, it just got put on the agenda. And fortunately, a couple of people saw it, and then the phone starts ringing. Have y'all seen what they're doing? And this thing called this Cultural Competence Action Plan was like a 134-point plan about how to totally transform everything within Carroll ISD. Now, unless you were born in Southlake, which there just weren't that many that were because the population up until maybe 20 years ago is probably like 3,000, unless you were born there, everybody moves there for the schools. Right. So this award-winning curriculum that is driving property values and driving people in the community and they're trying to overhaul it and change it. And it was some basically it was just some woke, uh, just far left oriented board members and administrators that were trying to start teaching critical race theory in Carroll ISD. They were gonna gonna hire create an equity department, uh, equity coaches, equity directors, you know, in a public in a public high school, uh, in, in elementary schools, junior highs. But then they were also gonna start tracking microaggressions. And a microaggression they defined as an intentional or unintentional snub or insult to someone in a marginalized class. So when when you when people saw this, rightfully so, they were like, "This is we do not want this in our town. This is not what we're about." So school board meeting happened two days later, virtually, I might add, with yes. no one able to attend, and uh, they passed this thing called the Cultural Competence Action Plan. Well, it wasn't put on the agenda correctly. Uh, you had some school board members, when they voted for it, they said they were voting to enact it. Yet others said, no, we're just voting to receive it. I mean, they didn't even know what they were voting on. It was just a debacle. Um, what happened after that was a group of parents, I think about 100 people, met at someone's house uh, in the middle of COVID, middle of summer. I think it was, it was 105 degrees outside. We met in somebody's backyard. Wow. And came together, and most of these people didn't know each other, had no connection, just they'd seen what was going on and didn't like it. And they were concerned. And they said, what do we do? How do we mm-hmm. stop this? Well, I, I showed up because somebody asked me to come. I went, and because I was the party leader uh, in Tarrant County a couple years earlier, they kind of knew I knew a little bit about politics stuff. And uh, I went there. Parents were furious. They were upset. They didn't know what to do. Well, I knew what to do because I'd been involved in politics at the local level and in the party politics. So we formed a political action committee. I formed something called South Lake Families Political Action Committee. We ended up getting 
literally thousands of people from the community. Thousands. Thousands. To give money, to give us their email addresses, to volunteer on committees. We did over, and we formed committees, and some of them were were public relations committee. Some of them were open records request committee. We we did over 400 open records requests, found documents Amazing. of self-dealing that you wouldn't believe, found documents of school board trustees talking to each other on texts, which is forbidden by the Texas Open Meetings Act. Those documents subsequently got turned over to the district attorney's office. Two school board members were indicted for violating the Open Meetings Act. Those cases are still pending. Ultimately, when it was all said and done, we raised a significant amount of money. So this is a community of about 30,000 people. We raised, I think it was about $250,000. Wow. We hired a lawyer that had successfully sued the Obama administration to take out one of the provisions of Obamacare, along with the former Solicitor General of Texas. It was a Fort Worth lawyer, Dusty Fillmore, former Solicitor General of Texas named Jonathan Mitchell. We hired them to sue the school district to stop, stop the CCAP. We also recruited people to run for school board to overturn the school board. And I'm happy to say that in an eight, in 18 months from the day I started this pack, uh, we were able to overturn the school board and take it back. And there's an election coming up in May, uh, as you alluded to. And in May, I think what you'll see is we'll have a 7-0 board and we'll get rid of the last two holdouts from all this. Ultimately, we stopped the CCAP. Um, it was forbidden from going forward, stopped. Oh. New superintendent, two new assistant superintendents, uh, or I guess one and two were, two, uh, were uh, sent somewhere else. Uh, and the, we got school board trustees that actually loved America, um, were pro-America, pro-freedom, pro-faith, and would not come within 100 miles of teaching critical race theory to schools. I mean, they wanted to do stuff with pre-K kids. Yeah. I mean, this I mean, story is crazy, Tim, yeah. because this is what's happening around the country. And this is, again, a very, like, a conservative, affluent neighborhood, right? In yes. Dallas, Fort Worth, the buckle of the Bible Belt. Right. And this is what's going on. And and I know people listen to us all over the country. It's even worse, right? There's worse right. things happening. Right. But the moral of the story is why we highlighted it in our Salt and Light, how to loca- uh, how to impact your local community curriculum, is because this should inspire every Christian to get involved in this level. And we, we complain and we hold up our hands and we say, we can't do anything. There's just too many problems. All this is happening in America. But the reality is we can do something. We can put our hands to this. And, you know, a thousand or so p- people in Southlake flip this whole thing around. Yeah, Bunny, exactly what you said. Christians have for so long, oh, gosh, I hate what's going on. What's happening to our country? We just complain. But they don't run for office. Right. They don't help people who do run for office. We put this thing together. We had more more volunteers on these. I think we had 12 committees. We had more volunteers on these 12 committees than we knew what to do with. Wow. So we were there was nothing that we wanted to do that we couldn't do, that we couldn't organize, that we could where we couldn't recruit people. Anyway, ultimately, we overturned the school board in 18 months. We stopped the CCAP. And then that model, this political action committee model we had with, you know, two leaders and uh, fundraising efforts and committees, that model was then taken to Keller ISD, which is another large school district in Tarrant County, mm-hmm. Grapevine Colleyville ISD, another one, Mansfield ISD, the exact same model, and it was used to overtake those school boards and flip those majorities to more conservative-minded, faith, freedom-loving people. Uh, and in 
we have seen it, and, and I don't, I'm not trying to take credit for it. You know, other people were getting upset around the country, but what we did in South Lake has literally seen people in their communities all over the country say, we're going to do the same thing. We're not exactly. going to happen here. And, you know, in Virginia, a governor was elected who yep. said parents should be in charge of the children's education. We're not going to let the people that work for the schools dictate what our children are supposed to learn. It's going to be parents and won the governorship doing that. Well, the the days of putting our heads in the sand and thinking that this stuff is not impacting our children and grandchildren has to be over. And we have to realize that really liberty starts local. And so we teach in our, our new eight-hour curriculum, guys, that will teach you how to run a local campaign, how to impact your city, county, school boards. Um, that curriculum um, is really to empower the average American that does believe in faith, does have a relationship with God to take his presence out into their community. Judge, um, you alluded to the fact that you were involved in party politics also. Um, So city government, you're nonpartisan, but you also got involved in party politics, working with the platform, the rules, being a uh, a chairman of a local political party. That's really hard for Christians to get their heads wrapped around because we don't want to be tied to a certain group. We don't sometimes we want to be independent minded. We're we're biblical people. We're kingdom people. So it's really hard sometimes for Christians to get their head wrapped around getting involved in a party that just seems too secular. Right. But you've seen it from the inside as a person of faith. How can an ordinary Christian actually impact things within the political party is the political party is just made up of people. Right. Yeah. I think God calls us to be involved in our children's lives, Mm -hmm. calls us to be involved in our communities, calls us to be salt and light to those communities. And you can't be salt and light if you just gather around each other and just talk to each other and hang out with each other and don't get involved in the public sphere. So right. So So right. So Christians are, are supposed to get involved in politics. They're supposed to get involved in every level of government. You know, and the focus in America is so often on national politics. Yes. And where you're most affected and where most stuff starts is at the local level. Right. And, you know, like so county government, for example, county government, I think, is the most impactful level of government on people in America, certainly in Texas. Mm -hmm. County government is your elections. That's who runs elections, county government. It's the sheriff's department, which runs the jail, which provides policing and and task force support for local police departments, national law enforcement agencies, state law enforcement agencies. It's the district attorney's office that prosecutes crimes. Yes. It's the tax assessor's office that collects property taxes. Uh, it is the civil courts. It's criminal courts. It's the biggest piece of government, I think, that affects you. But it goes under the radar because everybody's paying attention to what's happening in Washington, D.C. and who's in the White House. Yeah. Those are very important. Until a pandemic hits and then all of a sudden everything's being shut down by their county judge. And now that's why everybody (laughs) knows what a county judge is in Texas when so many people had no idea before. Right. People know how important it is. You literally, one human being has the power to say, church, you shut down, school, you shut down, business, sorry, you can't open and do business. And when I ran, I pledged you will never have to worry about me ever shutting down a church, school, or business ever. We're supposed to be a free country, a free people. People should be able to decide for themselves whether or not they're going to open their businesses, whether or not they're going to go to church, not have some guy sitting at a desk or lady sitting at a desk who got elected that most people had no idea had this power saying, sorry, you can't 
live your life and conduct your business the way you want to. That's not American and it's not right. Well, and I would encourage you, you know, don't look at just party labels, but look at what the public servants are saying. Do they talk like you just heard? Because that is really what defines true leadership. Are we willing to take the arrows and keep liberty open, right? Um, Judge, I mean, I know you had lots of conversations when you were uh, a chairman with precinct chairs, with different people. You were moving them to your positions, what you thought the party should go, how you were dealing even in city government. Um, but you just ran in a very, very purple county. I mean, for those who are not from Texas, Tarrant County is like ground zero right now for Republicans and Democrats. And, you know, they're fighting over this, you know, suburban, urban county. And you had to have conversations with Republicans and Democrats as you ran for county judge. I mean, you had to pull people to your side. How do you talk to people to make them understand what your positions are by also hearing them yeah. and realizing that they have important things to say as well? So Tarrant County is the third largest uh, county in the state of Texas, 15th largest in the country. Fort Worth is the county seat, which is the 13th largest city uh, in America. And Arlington is also in Tarrant County, which is, I forget the number, but it might be 18th or 20th largest city in America. So uh, here... Property taxes in Texas are too high. And whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're independent, whether you're apolitical. Mm-hmm. Um, property taxes are a problem. Property taxes are too high. <laughs> and so I told people, I'm going to go in and cut your property taxes. Now, what what a – got to have three votes to do it. What what people in Texas don't know, and even some people in Texas don't know, people outside of Texas don't know, some people in Texas don't even know it, and that is this commissioner's court has nothing to do with the courtroom. County judge has right. nothing to do uh, for most – at least the big counties – with being a judge, it's actually like the mayor of the county or the CEO, poli- chief political officer of the county, more like the governor of the county or mayor you of the county. You run the budget for all the county services. For all the county departments, you, you run the budget, you set the policy. So takes three votes on a commissioner's court. It's made up of one judge and four commissioners for four precincts. All counties are divided up that way in Texas, all 254. And so it takes three votes to do anything. So when, when you set the county tax rate, you set the hospital district tax rate, so when you say, I'm going to cut property taxes, uh, what a lot of elected officials do when they tell you they cut your property taxes is they see what the appraisals are going to be for properties before mm. they vote on the budget. Mm. And so then they've cut the tax rate by a half a cent or quarter of a cent. And then they turn around and say they cut your taxes. Then you this get your tax bill. Folks. And it's nine and a half percent higher than it was last year. And mm-hmm. well, this guy what told happened? me. And then you know what everybody says? Oh, it's the schools. It's the schools. So what I've told people is I'm going to go in and do everything I can to actually cut your property taxes, not just the tax rate. You'll never hear me tell somebody I cut their taxes if they're paying more in taxes. And uh, so telling people that Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. They like that. The second thing, government's number one job is to protect its people, whether it's right. national, whether it's statewide, whether whether it's local. That's what the Constitution says. And that's what our job is, is to make sure people are safe. So we're going to make sure that we support law and order. The way law and order, the way law enforcement has been treated in this country over the last couple of years, uh, and there have been some bad incidents and some bad apples, Right. but but the over overwhelming majority of the people in law enforcement are amazing human beings that literally don't know when they leave in the morning or if they're going to come home that day to their families. Right. And so we're going to support them in Tarrant County and we're going to maintain law and order. 
and we're going to make sure that we have as safe a county to live in as you can possibly live in. That's that's universal. Democrats want that. Republicans want that. Independents want that. What I said is no one should ever move out of Tarrant County because they can't afford to stay in their own home or because they don't feel safe. And so those are two things that we will prioritize and we will work on as long as I'm county judge. So good. Well, we, you know, we have uh, a mutual friend, Andy Wynn, who I guess mm. is now your chief of staff. Right. Uh, Andy was a county commissioner in Tarrant County. And he's just an example of people that feel called to county government, right? right? So as you're looking over the landscape of all the staff that you need and the the, the personnel that you need to m- manage a city or a county or a school board, um, there's a whole bunch of things beside elected offices that we need Christians and people of faith to be involved Absolutely. in, right? Yes. So, Tim, when you're looking at that, how do you motivate people as a deacon in your Baptist church to say, you know what, if you care about your city, if you care about your county, you need to get involved in what looks like little steps, but it could turn into greater and greater stories, right? Mm, Yep. It could be turned into greater influence. How do you get people motivated to consider getting involved? So a couple of things. We're fortunate the church we go to is First Baptist Grapevine. Our pastor talks about this from the pulpit. He encourages it. Praise God. Um, he's a, he you know he he pulled me up on the stage when I was running, uh, prayed for me. Uh, he he does that regularly. So he encourages our people. He does not shy away from politics. He says Christians are to be engaged. Christians are to always vote. Christians are to vote biblical values. Yep. Uh, you look at the candidates and you see who supports biblical values, and that's who you vote for. Yes. So it starts starts with leadership. Uh, I think the other thing that's key, how do you get people excited or get people involved? So people are tired of just boring, stiff politicians who are there to make sure they keep their spot. Yeah, they just want a job. They want leaders, and they want people that will say what they're thinking Mm -hmm. and address things head on. And that's what I've always done. And I, I have there's a group of people that support me and help me and the more you get in front of them and you speak the truth, God's truth, and you do it unapologetically, unabashedly, you talk about how you love your country um, in this day and age where half the country seems to be bashing the country every time we turn around. Right. And and you do that and people say, hey, I, I want to be a part of that. I want to be involved in that. And I, let me give you an example of something I did. There was There's a lady. Uh, I have four people that are on my internal staff that report directly to me, mm. four positions. And uh, today was the first day of one. And I approached a lady, that uh, strong Christian woman, uh, great mom, great wife, and uh, she had worked in the private sector her entire career, uh, had a very good paying job. And I went to her and said, you are what we need. I need you. I took a massive pay cut to come do this and serve. Um, I, we, we, we need your help. You'd be perfect for this. And took her by surprise when I called her. Mm. Um, she said, let me give it some thought and uh, sent me a text message maybe a day later and said, I applied this evening. And uh, ultimately, we interviewed several people, and I hired her. And uh, that's what it takes, and and we've got to get involved. You know, let me tell you what, people that want to change our country and people that are not um, uh, for godly biblical values, we love our families, we go to church, we go to our jobs, we, we raise our families, we do the things that, you know, everybody almost used to do in America. Right. Well, 
There's another group of people that all they think about is government, taking over the government, taking over every institution, and forcing their beliefs down your throat, which so often are not godly biblical principles. Right. We need to think about this strategically, and we need, and what you're doing is great and badly needed, we need Christians to say, you know what, I'm going to serve in the public education system. I'm going to serve in public universities. I'm going to serve in local government. I'm going to serve at the county. And this lady is a great example of someone. It took somebody getting elected who would find that person, and then it took somebody who was willing to sacrifice their pay to come to a higher calling, and this is what she did. So good. So good, Judge. Well, we so appreciate your service. Appreciate your years in the trenches of the political movements and and being willing to get your hands dirty and to help your city and now to help your county. It's it's a big thing. And we want to inspire other people to not only take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage and start praying regularly, voting in every election, but also to do the third thing, which is what we're talking about, everything local which is to engage in some sort of civic education or involvement for the well-being of your nation. Um, Tim, how, how easy is it for somebody to just learn? I mean, if we're willing to open up our hearts and minds and to learn about new things, we can learn, right? Yeah, e- you don't have to be a lawyer to serve. I mean, people are get, they look at your resume and they're like, wow, okay, you went to UT. He's been a lawyer, super lawyer, right? He's been done all these things and they think, well, only people that are special like you should get involved, but it's easy for people to get educated, and we need every voice, don't we? We absolutely do. So this this is pretty stunning. Uh, it is said that half of Christians are not registered to vote, and half of Christians that are registered don't vote in a general election. Yep. If you literally increased voter turnout or voter registration for Christians by 10%, We'd win almost everything across the country without fail. Exactly. And so that's why we're here. It's up to the churches and leaders like you to get people to step up and say, hey, enough. Mm -hmm. We got to get involved. We can't just sit back on our hands and just hope it all goes well. Praying is incredibly important. Yep. Getting engaged is very important. Voting is incredibly important. And and there are elected officials all over the country that are, they want help. They yeah. need volunteers. They want people that can step up and help them. And also, sometimes it's just you, when you stand up for biblical values, people shoot arrows at you. Mm-hmm. People take shots. Sometimes just sending a note or having your Sunday school class or your church send a letter or an email to somebody who's taking the arrows. We're behind you. Stay strong. There's so a lot good. of us out here. That gives them courage and the ability to say, okay, great. I've got somebody on my side. Sometimes... Uh, you know, people get attacked and there's not a lot of people on our side saying, no, you keep going, stand up and fight. And yeah. so they, they'll cave. Yeah. It's important to get that encouragement and feedback from, from believers. Okay. So you heard it from the county judge, guys. I want you all to pull up the website of your city government. I want you to look at who your city council person people are, who your mayor is. I want you to look up the name of your county judge, if you don't know, and your county commissioners. And I want you to pray for them. And when you see them at the grocery store, Encourage them while you hold them accountable, but encourage them to keep going and promote liberty, right? Not Amen. tyranny. No way. So thank you so much, Judge. Appreciate your help today. Yeah, thank you for all you do, Bonnie. Thank you so much for joining us for this incredible podcast. What in the time we've had. We love you so much. We love being in your life. Have you subscribed? Have you shared this with your family and friends? 
please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, wherever you get your audio or video pods. We need your help. This mission is undergirded by individuals just like you that support this ministry monthly, annually, and whenever you think about us to be able to reach over a million Christians in the next two years. That's our goal. We want to empower a million Christians around America to pray, vote, and engage regularly. Will you help us? We're here to do that, and we need your help. I want to say thank you to our partners at The Stream. What an incredible online publication put out by James Robinson and Life Outreach International as we come together across denominational lines as believers to discern what God's saying about the news of the day and to hear from different viewpoints. Check out the stream, make it your homepage, and get on their email list. This product is amazing. Also, our partners at Edify app, put out by Christian Post. This podcast app is a convergence of Bible teachers around America. We're excited to be a part of Edify app check out all their other podcasts. Thank you so much again for caring about this nation. We're here to help you pray, vote, and engage. We'll see you next week.